Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly episode of the Duo Sense Podcast. As always, I am your host, Andrew Rusko, joined by the King of Sting, the oh, the Master of Disaster, the Count of Monte Fisto, the Badger of the High Desert, Johnny, unnecessary Johnny. What's up, guys? How did you like that intro, Johnny? Let's just go with it. Those are all references, actually, to... I think, I think last week's was a little better. Those are all references to um, the nicknames that uh, Apollo has in the uh, Rocky movies. You memorize it? Those are all... the. Those are the four main ones. He has, like, another one that I can't think of. But, like, the Count of Monte Fisto, you know, like, boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, King of Sting, because it hurts. The Master of Disaster, because he beats the crap out of you. And I forgot what the other one was. It's something I think it was something, like, America-related. But anyways... I just noticed you have a different... Like a different gaming shirt every every time we do a podcast. Oh, it's Snorlax, right? I think. Yeah. yeah, it's Snorlax. This is actually my gym shirt. I used to wear it to the gym. Can you see what it says? Snore gym? Snore, snore gym, yeah. But you have the bottom what it says. Sleep, eat, train? Yeah, because all, that's all that Snorlax does is sleep and eat. And I guess he trains too, in a way, sort of. So This was a, this was a shirt. You can see he has a few weights, right? You can see he has like the barbell. Yeah, but what do you... Do you just go online and get all these shirts? Right? I got that... I got this shirt like five years ago. It was from uh, Ripped Apparel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they do like gaming and like nerd... Like they do mostly like... What does it online? I, I, I found them through Instagram. Okay. But they have like an online... Yeah, you can buy from them. They, they do like really good like... Spo- they usually combine two different like... um. What do you call it? Not genres. They do two different franchises together. Like, have you seen the one I have where it's like the Black Panther one, but he looks like Simba does like in in Lion King when he's painted on the tree? No, I haven't seen that one. Okay, I have a shirt that has like, it's it's supposed to be, you know how, you've seen Lion King, right? You know how Simba, like how like Rafiki draws him like yeah. with the paint from the fruit like on the tree? Mm-hmm. I have the, it's the same thing, but it's of T'Challa as like Black Panther. And, like, with the parallels between him being king and, like, Lion King, like, the, there's, like, a lot of Lion King parallels there. Yeah. With, like, uh, Killmonger kind of being, like, Uncle Scar sort of in a way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so, like, there's parallels there, so that's why the shirt works. And, like, I wore I wore it to the premiere for the Black Panther film, and then I also wore it, I wore it occasionally, and people will, like, they'll get the note, like, they'll catch the reference, like, they'll see it, and they'll be like, hey, like, like, I like your shirt, like, they'll catch, like, both of the references, like, together, so. Yeah. Anyways... <laughs> enough about what i'm wearing uh we have three topics for today's um from just this past week from this week in terms of gaming news they all have to do mostly with sales uh, pretty much all three of them have to do with like basically just sales so let's just get tackle these in order so my first article this one is from screen rant uh written by Cade onder that's a cool name Cade onder so so Spider-Man Miles Morales has outsold Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us 2. And remember, Johnny, we thought it was the first Spider-Man, but no, this is Miles Morales, the one that just came out this past, uh, a game that came out after both of these games back in November. Uh, the article says, Insomniac, Insomniac Games Spider-Man Miles Morales has outsold both Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part 2, according to the latest sales numbers. Given Spider-Man Miles Morales has been a key title for the PlayStation 5, while also being available for PlayStation 4 and a more family-friendly alternative to other Sony first-party games. I think that's what it is. That's the main thing. I was about to mention that. It's no surprise to see it beating out much more mature games like Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us 2. Despite Insomniac having only released a few updates for Spider-Man Miles Morales, the game has sold remarkably well and maintained strong legs. 
The game was prominently featured in the marketing for the PS5, which is true, I do remember that, being heavily showcased as a marquee title for the new console alongside Demon's Souls. Given it's also a sequel to an incredibly beloved PS4 game that's only a few years old, it had a lot of momentum going into its release in November of last year. Uh, that's kind of it for the article. It kind of just ends right there. I'm actually looking to see if there's sales numbers because it just is outsold. Okay, here we go. Even with the intense competition for major IPs and multi-platform titles, the webhead has held his ground. The Last of Us 2 swept awards seasons last year and goes as... Ghost of Tsushima has sold over 6.5 million copies with a movie on the way. But Spider-Man Miles Morales hasn't seen its popularity over other exclusive titles wane since launch. The only game that's above it, and this is for like March, was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which is surprising. Uh, I'm trying to see if it mentions the actual sales here. It just says it's more. Well, okay, there's no actual mention of numbers. I'm wondering if Sony probably just didn't release and they just said, hey, it's more than The Last of Us 2? Uh, there's no sales figures. Okay, that's kind of disappointing. But anyways, Johnny, what do you think about this? I mean, I think we both were speculating, like, why is that? Having seen those two main points about, like, the target demographic and also how it's, um, it was heavily showcased with the PS5, do you think it makes sense that Miles Morales did that well? And for, like, the record, neither Johnny or I have actually played. <laughs> we played the first one. Uh, I'm waiting to get a PS5 to play Miles Morales. But anyways, Johnny, what do you think about this information i mean it makes sense it's got a lower rating right it's got a teen rating it's more accessible rating. yeah mm -hmm. it's accessible uh it's a, obviously a popular character we've known spider-man forever so you see him on the shelf you kind of know what you're getting into yeah i think spider-man even though this isn't the same traditional spider-man right this is miles morales is like a offshoot kind of uh i think just a spider-man mythos the character is just such a strong property like no matter what like, Spider-Man is always going to... It's, like, basically the Marvel version of Batman, right? Not, not in terms of abilities, but in terms of... Well, actually, maybe Marvel version of Superman. I mean, we can have a whole debate about who's more popular, Batman or Superman, but the, the case is... The point is that Spider-Man is Marvel's flagship character. Uh, you could argue it's Iron Man, but in reality, in every aspect outside of movies, it's pretty much Spider-Man. I would say it's Captain. No, but I mean, in terms of, like, overall popularity... Like games, okay, media, comics, yeah. movies, shows. Yeah. Spider-Man is the Marvel thing. So yeah, right. it makes sense for that to translate over to uh, PS4 and PS5. The amazing thing is it's done that in less time than Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima did. Which, if you remember correctly, like those were like also like hotcakes when they first came out. So just to hear like this has done that in even less time. It's like, I'm thinking... I think it... Go ahead. I think it also has to do with Spider-Man being in the, in the big screen at this time, you know? Some synergy there. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, last year, did did Far From Home come out last year? Or was it the year before? That was the that year was... before, right? Because it didn't come out in COVID time, so it had to be the year before. You're right. So, a lot of synergy with the movies, perhaps. Uh, we Again, we already know another Spider-Man movie is coming out later this year. Um Gone, uh, no way home. There you go. No, I'll say gone home. That's a different. That's a game. <laughs> no way home. I just think. Um, yeah, end game. End game, of course, and stuff like that. It's interesting though to see how well this game has done compared to like other Marvel properties like Avengers, which. Yeah, but that game was trash out the game. Everybody started shitting that as soon as that thing came out. That is true. Well, even before the game came out, people played like the beta. And they're like, this doesn't feel complete. 
Hmm. There's people playing the beta like before it even came out, and they're like, like this doesn't have enough to entice me. And like I got the game just because I was thinking like, okay, maybe the reviews are just really people who are just very critical or very negative. Well, aside from being unpolished, they said it was a, a grind. It is right. a grind. It is a it grind. It was very repetitive. They've kind of fixed that recently, but it's still a grind. It's still a grind. I actually saw, before I came over here, I actually saw one of our cousins, Ruben, he was playing it on, PS, on PS4. Did he give you a take on it? No. No, I messaged him. He doesn't usually answer. <laughs> but I saw, like, you know that little section where it says, like, so-and-so is playing this kind of thing underneath? Mm-hmm. I saw, like, it was like, Hitman something, whatever is playing Marvel's Avengers. I'm like, oh. He has a, it tells you like, yeah, like what trophies they unlocked already. I'm like, okay, so he's but he's really into it. Like he's at I least mean, half. At he's at least like halfway through the campaign. Hmm. The campaign for the game is solid. It's the post game online component that's just kind of like ugh, which is weird. But mm-hmm. anyway, so Spider Man is uh still I'm surprised he's into that. There must be not very much on Xbox, I guess. Oh, because he also has an Xbox or something. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a little jab there, Johnny. Okay, I see. I see. So, yeah. Good for the web crawler. This just makes me think, like, is Insomniac going to pour, like, crazy sources into Spider-Man 2? Because you know they're going to make a Spider-Man 2. Yeah, for sure. That dude. I imagine they have multiplayer. But a, a main campaign with multiplayer would be insane. I don't feel like every game needs to have multiplayer. Do you think Spider-Man no, would but, be... but we don't have too many games. Like, uh, what's that game? Uh, what's that game where you partner up with, uh, like, you game. break out of prison? Oh, uh, A Way Out? Yes. Something like A Way Out. Like, I'm not saying like a full-fledged multiplayer where you play online with all these randos. Okay, it's like a cooperative story-based multiplayer. Yeah, and you both go through the entire thing if you want to through the campaign. Okay. Eh, I'm trying to see how you do that with Spider-Man, but I, I, if one person's Miles Morales and another one's Peter Parker, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. That would be dope, actually. I like that idea. Uh, I guess we'll see what's in store for the future. Moving on to our next second story. PS5 is the fastest selling console in U.S. history. And this uh, article comes from Eurogamer, uh, written by Wesley Yinpool, who's the editor, apparently. The PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling console in U.S. history. Even, and that's why I can't get my hands on one. According to market research group NPD, Sony's console is the fastest selling ever in the U.S. in both unit and dollar sales. That's lifetime sales with five months on the market. So it's basically it's the best selling console for a console being out in its first five months. So obviously, because there's some confusion. I saw some people were like, what? Like, how could it be like all time best selling? It's like, no, no, no. Not all time, like in total life units, but in terms of like for the first five months available. Yeah. Because there's some confusion. The PS5 sold 4.5 million units globally in 2020. In February, Sony said it was on track to sell over 7.6 million PS5 units by 31st of March, which was like two weeks ago. It's a remarkable success for the supply-constrained PS5, you're telling me, which Sony launched amid the pandemic. Demand for the PS5 has heavily outstripped supply. Okay, now they're just being mean, Johnny. They're just rubbing salt in my wound. And it remains out of stock at a raft of retailers who have faced trouble with scalpers and bots. I know the story so well. The Nintendo Switch continues to sell remarkably well, too. NPD's executive director, Matt Piscatella, which we will refer, he's actually our third story, uh, tweeted to say that Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollars during the month of March. In the first quarter of the year, Nintendo Switch was the unit sales leader, while PS5 ranked first in hardware dollar sales in the U.S. 
What's next for Sony? It aims to sell more than 14.8 million PS5s in its current fiscal year, ending 31st of March next year, which would be more than the number of PS4s shipped during its second year. But the company is facing a sh chip shortage that could hamper manufacturing. And then there's a little bit more, but I'm going to leave it there. Johnny knows my pain, mostly because I told him right before we started how this last week, I really want to get a PS5 in time for Returnal. It does not appear I'm going to be able to do so. so I checked the Walmart restock. I checked the GameStop restock. Yeah, I checked you Target. Have like four different apps. Just I have three different say. apps all checking to see if when they're in stock. Just I already have them. I already have my information logged in. So the moment I find it, I can just get it without worrying about it being lost in between the time it takes for me to log in. What do you mean you've already pre-filled the forms? I've already put in like my information for like buying for those for those stores, basically. Oh, all right. Because otherwise you have to go like, okay, log in, create an account. Oh, what's your like payment uh, info? Right. It's like no, no, no. We're gonna get that out of the way, so we don't have to worry about that later. So like, I'm like, I'm ready, Johnny. I'm ready. And but you've had your chance. It's just that you can't find the the disc version of it. Right. There was digital ones that were available, and I passed on those on purpose because I. The my my issue with the whole digital thing is like what we've talked about recently with the ps3 and vita where it's like one day those shops are going to close and you're not going to be able to buy anything for it digitally and while i'm sure the ps5 one is way further distant in the future i don't like being locked to digital only because there's like some of the best sales or like discounts are for physical games you still feel like that about your like n64 my gosh i can't buy anymore no i can buy n64 games whenever i want i just don't what's your what's what's your angle here johnny what are you trying to tell me I'm trying to see how specific you are about about the ownership of hard copy games. Like I just want to... Your cutoff time is like the 10 years have to pass until you're like, ah, yeah, forget that console. I was going to say, yeah, but then we're, I just realized that the Vita is about 10 years old at this point, And I still want games for my Vita. So <laughs> actually bought... Actually, I don't know if we'll get into it, but I actually just bought a couple games on Vita. I bought that, uh, that one that Colin made, the... Um, the shooter? Yeah, the... What's it called? It's the one where it's like a Brick Breaker one. That's what it's called. It's not called Brick Breaker. It's called uh, Brick Something. It's Brick Something, but it's not called Brick Breaker. It's like a... It's something, something, a Secret Symbols adventure. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm familiar with it, though. Anyways, what that was... Say, it was like the most recent purchase. Yeah, it was like nine bucks. I'm like, okay, I'll finally get him into it. Because it's like, I'm not going to be able to buy it later on, so... It's actually pretty fun. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, but anyways, Johnny, what do you think about this, about the... I think really it's kind of it seems pretty straightforward. It's like the harder something it is to harder it is to get something, the more in demand it is, right? Well, I'm just surprised that they don't have enough stock to sell, but they're still leading the way in in the fastest selling console. Right, the fastest selling console like for the first five months of its life. Mm -hmm. That's that's the caveat here, right? It's like the it's like if you ran in like a marathon and it's like, man, you were the fast not the fastest marathon runner, but you were the fastest in the first ten seconds in terms of distance, right? Uh -huh. this is the same it's the same kind of analogy here where it's like the ps5 is the fastest selling console in u.s history for and then parentheses for the first five months of its existence compared to the first five months of yeah, existence it's just the quarter mile it's not the entire exactly right but i think the best selling console ever and i could be wrong someone correct me i think is the ps2 i think the ps2 is still still holds a record for like the best selling ever followed by fastest no, in terms of total life units sold, the PS PS two has sold more consoles than any console in terms of total volume. I think followed closely by the Nintendo DS, 
and then by the original NES old school. What about the Wii? I think the Wii is like definitely up there in terms of like the top five, but the PS2 still sold more throughout its life. Overall, I think like, like I was saying, I think the thing here is that the reason why it's the fastest selling is because it's so hard to get one. Like I just how many how many of these sales do you think just came from scalpers and bots? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure there's like people still want to buy PS5s and they just don't want to pay they don't want to pay scalper prices and there's like scalpers out there who are probably just sitting on like a whole warehouse or like a whore a stash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of that is aided by the literal speed at which bots can buy consoles. I think that's part of it. I do, but then again, they do say like I think like fifteen percent of all sales are like scalpers or bots. So Have you like, looked online to see how much a, a PS Five actually costs from a scalper. I looked recently. The lowest one I saw was like a hundred dollars more for the PS Five for the physical one. That's sweet. Which was like six ninety nine. Yeah. No, no, two hundred dollars more, six ninety nine, for a physical one. And then like the rest, the next few were like anywhere between six ninety nine, six ninety nine, and uh, like twelve hundred. I mean, sometimes they they've got bundles though, those scalpers. I've seen some bundles, but I, I search on eBay specifically by just the console. But it's and eBay. You don't really want to trust that. With no, that but you can also money. check like what are the most recent ones that sold, and they'll tell you it's like right around the sweet spot. It's like around nine hundred to a thousand. It's like the most recent PS Five sold. Like, those are verified, like, sales in the last, like, day or so. Yeah, which is weird. And so you you could go to a, a big box store and purchase it. Yeah, I'm not paying scholar prices. N- not a, not you know, a penny more than, like, what it's supposed to be. I'm just, like, as much as I want to play Returnal, like, I don't... The, not the ego, but the stubbornness in me doesn't want to reward the scalpers, so... Mm-hmm. Anyways... I, I, I said in conclusion, I really do think it's just, like, the scalpers and bots that kind of fueled the... the this massive sale, uh-huh. it would it still be the same without the scalpers and bots? I'm not sure they would still be the fastest selling console though. Maybe, but I doubt it. I just think it's funny how like there's a lot of talk about like with Game Pass and everything. Like people kind of like we were talking before the show started about the rumor about the Kojima thing. It's like and like all the news from was it last week we talked about with Studio Ben and Naughty Dog. People were like, oh my god, Sony's like messing up, and it's like. Like, did you forget, like, they have God of War? Like, did you forget they have Horizon? Like, did you forget, like, they're still technically, like, the leader in this market? Like, it's not all doom and gloom, you know? Recently it is, but, like, they have, like, a track record of being, like, amazing at what they do. So it's like, don't panic if you're on the Sony camp like Johnny. Like, don't panic. Like, things are still good. You have Returnal, and then right after that you have Ratchet and Clank, right? Not sure when Ratchet and Clank is, but I know it's soon. I know it's soon. I, I believe it's two months from now, right? Or when is Returnal? Returnal is at the end. Is at the end of this month, the thirtieth, like oh. twelve days from today. Whatever they got stuff lined up, and I'm I'm not mad at. It. While we're on the topic of what's coming out, Johnny, God of War. What about? That's not coming out this year, right? No way. There's no way that's coming out this year, right? Because nah. I remember like last year when they showed off like uh, you know Ragnarok's coming. I'm fine with that because I want them to push that on PS5. Especially since the Cyberpunk stuff, I'm like, nah, you're not seeing you're not seeing that 2021. I hope they learn from you're that. probably not even seeing Horizon. I think 2021. I'm totally cool with that. Because there's some people who think like like oh no like they're further along than you think. I'm like, are they though? Like maybe they are, but they might just be smart and just be like you know what like we don't need to rush this out. Although there's some people saying like PS5 doesn't have enough things in the first year, which I kind of agree with if they decide to push those back. But 
I'm willing, I'm okay with them pushing them back in the same way they Microsoft pushed back Halo, where it's like, this needs more work. I'd rather have it come out perfect and late than it come out early and it's like, it just gets review bombed or something for being like, not, not well thought out. Okay. Right? That's what you just said, because you said you're okay with that, right? Yeah, I'm fine with that, but I don't know if that's a fair comparison, because we, we've seen nothing from the new God of War, and we really haven't seen all that much from Horizon, mm-hmm. but what they showed us in E3 for Halo was like, this is what you're going to get. So, that, that's the infamous uh, Craig screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's keep it going. Moving on to our third topic. You can even call it a topic, I guess, but uh, the third main thing that's going on here is the tweet, the aforementioned tweet from the last one, uh, Matt Piscatella. I have his tweet Twitter up here. Uh, he is the, I believe, the head of the NPD group, which is like the ones that track sales and stuff for like various uh, media. He says, March 2021, U.S. NPD threat. It says, March 2021, consumer spending across video game hardware, content, and accessory reached accessories reached a March record of $5.6 billion. 18, that's one eight, percent higher when compared to a year ago when the pandemic started. First quarter consumer spending totaled $14.9 billion, and that's 30% higher than 2020's first quarter. So video game sales, in terms of uh, just in general, software, hardware, is 30% higher this month than it was a year ago of the same month, which was right when we were like in the peak pandemic time. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Moving on, it says uh, NPD spent tra- uh, monthly sales are now comparable to year ago periods that were impacted by pandemic driven consumer spending increases. March 2021 gains in hardware accessory content sales, particularly mobile, pushed the market to growth despite the elevated competition. Uh, March video game hardware dollar sales, so this is hardware is like, you know, consoles and stuff. Hardware, do- hardware, ugh, hardware dollar sales were. 47% higher. That's almost like half, Johnny. 47% higher than a year ago at a March record of $680 million. The previous high of $552 million was set in March of 2008. So we haven't seen this much spent on hardware since 2008, Johnny, which lines up, if you think about it, a little bit after PS3 and 360 came on the market. That was like about a year or two after that. So that's interesting. Um, year-to-date hardware spending totaled $1.4 billion, an increase of 81% compared to a year ago. I think that has more to do with the, this next generation that just came out with PS5 and Xbox yeah, Series. Yeah, 48%. No, this is, he says, year-to-date hardware spending totaled $1.4 billion, an increase of 81% compared to a year ago. Yeah, there was no Shit. new consoles last year. Wild, yeah. I mean, the newest thing last year was like the Switch. And I, the Switch wasn't new, but that's a, that's my example. Um, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both Are units. Are you sure uh, Soldier Boy didn't sell his, <laughs> his Soldier <consoles>. Boy console? <laughs> Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollars during the month of March. In the first quarter, Nintendo Switch was the unit sales leader, while PlayStation 5 ranked first in hardware dollar sales. So particularly in the month of March... Uh, Switch was top dog, but here in the first quarter, that's like from December up to March, uh, PlayStation 5 ranked first in total in terms of hardware dollar sales, not units, dollars. And of course, 
PS5 is like twice the price of a Switch, so that kind of makes sense. And of course, it's hard to get. PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling console in US history. We already talked about that. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War returned to the top of the monthly bestsellers chart in March. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was also the best selling title of both the first quarter as well as the 12 month period ending March. So from last March, Johnny, up until this March, so a complete year, mm-hmm. Black Ops Cold War is the was the best-selling game in that whole year span. Which makes sense when you realize it's pretty much on every single platform. It's on PC, it's on PS4, it's on PS5, it's on Xbox One, it's on Xbox Series X, S. It's not on Switch, but it's pretty much everywhere other than Switch. That makes sense. Call of Duty is a, you know, it's a massive seller. It's still popular. So many iterations of an annual release, but it's still popular. Monster Hunter Rise debuted as March's second bestseller, while also ranking first on Switch. We kind of talked about this before, Johnny. You remember? How where are where are y'all Monster Hunter World now? I'm curious. Well, I've been on the on the PS now, so excuses, I've been on pause. excuses. I have to. Uh, with just one month on the market, lifetime dollar sales of Monster Hunter Rise ranked second amongst all Monster Hunter franchise releases, trailing only behind Monster Hunter World. So even though the mo- game is only a month old, it has sold better than every single game in the series except for the one that you're playing, Johnny. Which sounds about right. Outriders launched as the third best-selling game of March. That is funny. That means that Call of Duty beat Outriders in that same month that it came out. What did you think about Outriders? I mean, well, I think it was downloaded. It was number three on Xbox. On what For is sales, it? right? Well, they don't set it on Xbox Live, right? But it was number three for, I think it was downloads. But it was also number three on Sony for purchases. Hmm. Which is kind of... That's interesting. Yeah. So people really start like like buying those hard copy games, right? So it's... Yeah. So it seems like it being like on Game Pass on uh, on Xbox, it doesn't perform much better or worse than it does on PS5 then, right? In terms of sales, right? Or like users at least. Well, the debate between between having it on that's on interesting the hard copy like people still really want to own it yeah yeah ownership is still a it's still a hot button thing for most people like yeah. for me that i mean mostly is but um i only care about ownership for very specific games that i love mm-hmm. uh game pass still seems like a good deal just for games that you might have missed but um yeah i mean i rather own my games the ones i care about but also i wouldn't mind just digitally owning games i don't care about as much so that's interesting i would i would not expect that to for it for it to turn out that way that's cool we'll see how that develops um but i just find it funny how outriders launched in march and it's still not as it didn't it's on the same platforms as like black as cold war is and cold war still sold more game that came out like back in november so that's interesting uh mario kart 8 plays six on the march 2021 bestsellers chart. Mario Kart 8 is the best-selling racing genre of video game in U.S. history. The funny thing about this, Johnny, is I don't know if you know much about the Switch. Mario Kart 8 is was like a game that came out like in the first year of the Switch. Mm-hmm. And like, even though that game came out like the first year the Switch came out, like that game still like people are still buying Mario Kart 8 like fervently. But that's the reason you buy a Nintendo for Mario Kart. I Mario did. Party. I did. No. That's the reason I would buy it. That those are the top sellers: Smash, Mario Kart. Uh, I Mario would think Party. Smash would be more popular than Mario Kart, though. True. Yeah. That's what's weird to me. It's like, it's not like the Pokemon games or like Mario 
like you know Smash Brothers or anything like that. It's people playing Mario Kart. But it's like, a console seller, so it doesn't really surprise me that it's still. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just it's funny to see it like what is this like six years later, mm-hmm. six or set or five? I forget how many when Switch came out, but like it's still like in the top ten for March. Like that's crazy. Anyways. I digress. This is the March launch of the Switch version of Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Help the title rise to number 15 on the March bestsellers chart after placing 65th in February. Okay, that's interesting data. So it sold 65th in February and then it jumped 40 spots, no, 50 spots up once it came out on Switch. It seems like putting a game on Switch does wonders for you more than putting it on any other system. Oh, we're talking about Crash. Crash Once Bandicoot 4. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Because it was first on Xbox and PlayStation. That is interesting, dude. And it jumped to 50 spots in terms of life, in terms of sales once it came out on the Switch. Well, could it be maybe because PlayStation has kind of a good catalog of games? So people are just really busy with that catalog? Like, you have a giant catalog for PS? I don't, yeah, I don't have a bot. I, well, it's weird, too, because I've seen, like, screen comparisons and like the switch version of crash bandicoot is like the inferior version of the game compared to like the playstation 4 and 5 and the other versions of the game like the switch version is the inferior looking one and like that's crazy like it's still selling like bonkers on there how much uh worse does it look like the textures are off the textures the color colors off the textures you can tell like the backgrounds are like less detailed like for the same screenshot on both draw distance yeah Okay. There's more like that weird atmospheric fog, like further away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. that kind of stuff. So, interesting. Uh, the Switch is a powerhouse, Johnny. Like, I get you don't like the small screen stuff, and like it, you just you know you just don't have, you're just not in the place to have a Switch right now. But like, it, there's I what do you mean small screen stuff. Well, I mean like it's not like tar- you're not the target demographic for the Switch. The Switch no. is kind of just like an all around like goody like goody kind of. It's just not making like the heavy games. That's not where you're gonna see like you know the highest resolution or highest per- best performing. But yeah. it's when it comes to the main point of gaming, which is fun. I think the Switch delivers in spades. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see if they can keep that momentum going forward. Uh, I think, is that it for this? I like this year-to-date information. This is the top 10 sellers year-to-date. So that's from March of last year to March of now. Mm-hmm. Number one is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, obviously. Number two, Johnny, this is interesting. Super Mario 3D World. That is a game that Nintendo put an artificial expiration date on. Have you heard about this, right? No. Super Mario 3D World, you cannot buy anymore. That's the where I told you last week about when Mario died, supposedly? Yes. That's what that date was, March 31st. Like, Nintendo has stopped supporting Super Mario 3. We cannot buy it digitally or physically in stores anymore. It came out, I think, I want to say October or November, because I bought it like the very first week it came out, knowing that like I won't be able to buy this game coming around March. And it looks like it worked, because a lot of what the industry insiders were thinking, like, Nintendo put this limit on... Um, on Super Mario 3D World artificially because that coincided with the end of their first fiscal quarter. Mm-hmm. And they basically created artificial demand by saying, like, you guys won't be able to buy this game if you don't buy it, like, now. So people who are, like, you know, they don't want to experience, you know, you know FOMO, right? Like, yes. you know I mean? So people, like, the theory is that people were forced to buy the game because they would think it wouldn't be available later on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it comes here in as number two as the best-selling game of, like, the last 12 months... Like, that further proves, and kind of scares me, because now 
Nintendo knows that that tactic worked. Are they going to do this with future games? Wait, how long has that game been out? It came out like in October or November. All right. So it's all, it was, so a game that's only been out for the last six months is the second best selling a game of the last 12 months altogether. Yeah, but they didn't sell copies during that time. Uh, how is that a good strategy? That's what I'm saying. The game's only been out for six months and it beat other games in the same 12-month period. Ah, all right. They had half as much time to make the sales numbers, and they did. But how do, how do they know that game wasn't popular and was possible possible if you exceed it? Artificial. Whenever people have the perception that something's like a limited thing, like it pushes sales for stuff that you probably wouldn't, nor, you normally wouldn't buy otherwise. Like when you ask me about the Nintendo sixty four, like are you still buying games? Like no. If they were like saying like if you can only buy sixty four games from this period to this period, that might I'll be like, oh shoot, like I better buy them, right? Yeah, I get it. Just feel like it wouldn't have worked on me. I mean, what I well, you're again, you're not the target demographic. Yeah, but for other people who do have switches like me or who love Mario like I do, it's like, oh, I better buy this now because yeah, it's not going to be available. If they did that to me, if they if they did that to me for, I'm sorry, guys, it's late. It's like fucking nine thirty. If they did that to me for Horizon, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I'm buying this shit tomorrow. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Sony's like, okay, after March 31st, like you cannot buy Horizon digitally or physically. Yeah. And like they have no real, they haven't said like a reason why, and it's because I think it's bad PR to say, oh, we're just greedy, because <laughs> that's really what the reason is. But see, I even if Horizon, even if they wouldn't have artificially stopped Horizon, I still would have bought Horizon, right? Because I am the target demographic. True. But I think most people who play Nintendo stuff is kind of like, that stuff is always going to be there. There's no rush to buy it right now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That tactic worked on me. I bought Super Mario 3D World like the very first week it was available. Like as soon as I went to Walmart and I saw it, I was like, bam, I got it. I don't have to worry about March. When March rolls around, like, oh, I missed out. Like, nope, I got it. So uh, that's kind of disappointing that that artificial scarcity worked. Because um, I hope that means that, I hope, what it likely means is they might try it again with other games, and I don't want that. Artificial scarcity sucks. It's like the whole thing with diamonds, right? You know about diamonds, right? Yeah. There's way more diamonds than like the, the people that think there are. Yeah, they're not even worth all that. And they just put them out. like They make sure not to over flood the market to not reduce the price. Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing. <laughs> so, never, ladies and gentlemen, never let anybody tell you that you can't learn stuff, stuff from video games. This is like economics like 101 or 102 right here, so... Anyways, moving on. The third one, of course, we talked about it earlier was Spider-Man, uh, Marvel's Mora- Miles Morales. I said Marvel's. Miles Morales. <laughs> Followed by number four, Monster Hunter Rise. I need to get that one. Number five was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Great game. Way too long. Uh, followed by Mario Kart 8, which we just talked about because, wow, that's crazy. Minecraft, right after Mario Kart 8. Minecraft is game that came out like a decade ago, Johnny. A decade ago. Have you ever played Minecraft? I don't think I have. I'm surprised because it's like you have like that creative like drive in you. No, but come on. This and for is, architecture, what is that, like 16 bit, 32 bit. It's more than 32. It's 3D. Okay, it's 3D. No, there's a bunch of other games where I could be creative. I'm not gonna go to Minecraft. <laughs> After Minecraft, it's Madden NFL 21, which that kind of makes sense. Uh, these sports games, especially football, are popular. Then Animal Crossing: New Horizons, and lastly for the year, Outriders in 10th place. Uh, there's a caveat here. It says that digital sales are not factor in. If they were, I'm pretty sure Animal Crossing would be higher on that list because Animal Crossing was like the pandemic game back in March and April. Mm-hmm. 
so these are just for physical copies, guys. These are just for physical copies, which makes sense for Super Mario 3D World because if they're not counting digital sales, the physical copies for that game sold like crazy. So moving on, uh, let me see. There's some more charts here, but I'm trying to see if they're relevant. I feel like Nintendo, the Nintendo fan base is always like, they always Fervent. fall for it. They're always active. They're just like, fuck it, I'll buy this game. I don't care if it if it really drops in price. Because Nintendo's prices don't really drop, right? Their games, their first party games, almost never drop in. They're always like fifty nine ninety nine, Always. Which sucks. Because like... Well, I feel like Nintendo, the fan base are just kind of suckers. They're they're basically like frying that. I mean like, take my money. Yeah. That's... that's uh, Yeah, I think so too. Um... I think the most I yeah I played I bought Smash Brothers like two years after it came out for like full price because I couldn't wow. find I couldn't find it anywhere for cheaper I couldn't I really couldn't like even used sales are like only like five dollars less like even online so Nintendo games tend to first party Nintendo games tend to hold on to their value much longer I think that yeah that's about it for the major information so there's a little bit more if anyone wants to check it out check that out that's Matt Piscatella the head of the MPD uh, group. Uh, so that's gonna be it. That's our third topic for this, uh, Johnny. We're oh, still pretty so, early. So we're talking about numbers. How do you feel about Cyberpunk making almost half a billion dollars? Right. That's disappointing. Right, and I mean the marketing was sort of a lie. Sort the of. whole thing was kind of a lie. I'm uh, I'm scared. Never looked. There was to, now you mentioned that. I remember there was like a tweet or there was something they said earlier, like in the last week. And I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. And last week, like, someone's. Someone from Cyberpunk's, I mean, from CD Projekt Red, something about like how they want to like continue to sell that game for like the next few years. Did you catch that? Quote? No, I didn't see that part. Uh, I'm gonna go real quick because you brought it up. CD Projekt. Uh, oh, here we go from Games Radar. The article says CD Projekt hopes to sell Cyberpunk 2077 for years to come with successive updates. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Johnny. So DLC. Well, let's see. Let me read the article. So this article is from Game Rant. Oh, I'm sorry. Games Radar, written by Hiran Cryer. Hiran Cryer. Hiran Cryer. CD Projekt won't abandon Cyberpunk 2077. The company CEO has stated in a new interview, and this was like six days ago. So this is like right after we recorded our last podcast. CD Projekt won't abandon Cyberpunk 2077. The company CEO has stated in a new interview. I don't see an option to shelve Cyberpunk 2077. We are convinced that we can bring the game to such a state that we can be proud of it and therefore successfully sell it for years to come. CD Projekt's co-CEO Adam Kaczynski told Routers, 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 in a new interview. Kaczynski is firm and saying that CD Projekt will continue to work on and fix its troubled sci-fi RPG. Says this co-CEO has also revealed in the interview that CD Projekt has been in touch with Sony who pulled Cyberpunk 2077 from sale after just one week in December due to the litany of bugs and glitches affecting the console version of the game. Kasiski doesn't reveal in what capacity he's been communicating with Sony, but it's nonetheless a positive look for CD Projekt, Rec, CD Projekt as it's obviously trying to get Cyberpunk 2077 back on the PlayStation Store. In fact, CD Projekt Red... I'm sorry, I keep adding the red. There's no red. Red is the developer... CD Projekt is like the overall like studio, the the owner. Uh, CD Projekt has said late last month in March that they were getting closer to a comeback on the platform. So I'm gonna leave it there, Johnny. What do you think about that? They, they want to 
Do you think that sounds like DLC or like I'm thinking like are they gonna just update the new versions with like here's the game Patches of the and fixes? like ga- yeah here's game of the year version here's game of the year 2023 version and like because he says to continue to sell I just don't trust them at all anymore they just sound like EA mm, that's an interesting take it's nuts that they've sold that much and they're not even on on PlayStation well remember what they said like that first uh, they said like. The pre-orders or the sales on the very first day of the game, like, completely paid for the entire, like, production of the game. Yeah, yeah. So, like, anything since then is just, like, just, like, cream filling on top. Sizing, yeah. Uh, obviously, like, it sucks to see bad marketing be rewarded. At the same time, there's a lot of... Obviously, I'm not mad at the amount that they made, but... The game was a lie. Like, it doesn't live up to anything that, that they promoted. Right. At least not on console. At least not on console. Yeah, that's true. PC players are having a good time with it. Brian loved the game. But you, even... Well, I played a couple hours on Brian's PC. I I, I think the game crashed once. Yeah, not saying it, that crashes are acceptable, but, like... It, even if it runs smoothly, you can't get away from the bugs. Right. There's still, like, a lot of bugs. There was, like, that whole issue. Did you remember hearing about, like, the, about the way the police like, behave in the game? It was, like, very weird. They well, like don't they, do a whole lot. That they just run like around it, a box and shoot like at the box instead of you. That and also like the opposite end too, where like there's they automatically know like where you are like through walls and stuff. Like like, like the AI is completely broken. Yeah. So either they're like useless or they're like RoboCop. <laughs> um, like, I was saying like obviously you don't want to see like bad marketing be rewarded with like you know you guys lied to the consumers and like the public and like didn't deliver the, the project didn't deliver the product. I'm sorry. They, they said they were supposed to at the same time, the people who market the game are not the people who are not the same people responsible for developing for the audio, for the visuals, for the, you know, mechanics. Like they're not, it's not like just like, you can't blame two people. You can't blame an entire company for the mistakes of just a handful of people. Well, I'm not blaming the marketing. The marketing was amazing. So no, the but they did as a product was great. But they did do a lot of like those Night City, what whatever they call a uh, Night whatever it's called. Like they did like so much promotion. True, yeah. They did so much like hyping up their own hype kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To the point where like, oh, here's another Night City wire, which is basically like a glorified like demo. Yeah, I did see some of the stuff. Where they're doing the car stuff, and I was like, "This shit looks fucking dope." Yeah. What? No, dude. Yeah. So, um, the fact that you mentioned that it just brought reminded me of like that quote where you're like, "We're gonna we want to continue to sell." I'm glad that they're not giving it up though. Like, at least they're gonna justify those sales with like, "We're not gonna stop until this game is up to par." Like, where they could have easily just been like, well, "It is what it is," and like just move on. But I think they know like, yeah. But if they, they would never, that, they, they would never sell re- the next one. Exactly. They would never recover. Their public image would never recover if they just walked away. Well. I feel like the game as they released should have kind of destroyed them. Yeah, but video but game... But they kept selling beyond the pre The video game industry loves a good redemption story. Like, No Man's no Man's Sky. Remember No Man's Sky? Like, that game... There's not so many examples of that. No Man's Sky, uh, Final Fantasy XIV Online. Remember I told you about that That's one? Final Fantasy. They already have a decent track record. They, like, just dropped the ball on this one. Right? Okay. Okay, that's fair. I mean, they kind of... Yeah, even the Witcher games that CD Projekt makes, I've heard like the first few weeks of any of them is it's usually buggy. Legit, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I guess this is par for the course. Like you kind of know what you're getting with CD Projekt Red, which kind of sucks to say, but like it is what it is. So, anyways, Johnny, we are actually doing really good on time today. 
Uh, we're like at 45 minutes. So let's go ahead and I can edit this out if you want, but do you want to talk about what we played or no? Hold up. What about the Jason Shari thing where he left omitted uh, information? You, tell me more about that because that's something you know more about than I do. I don't know a whole lot about it, but it seems like you... Because we discussed The Last of Us last week. Where are you pointing? Because I'm trying to see where it is. Uh, the middle portion where it says context. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, what did I put it there? The Last of Us remake was given back to Naughty Dog because they had nothing else to do because of pre-production, pre-production on their next game. Right? So we were talking about the other... Yeah, I remember now. They were disbanding and they said that they were having a struggle with Naughty Dog taking that property back. Yeah. But Naughty Dog didn't really have anything to work on. You know, they have this giant staff that's really talented and you can imagine they don't want to let them go. Instead, hey, let those other guys disband because this is the A-team, right? Right, so to reiterate on what Johnny's talking about, last week when we talked, we had that huge huge article uh, from Bloomberg, uh, Jason Schreier, he's like the games writer over there. He's the one that broke the story about the entire thing with Studio Band and Naughty Dog and all this, the San Diego studio and all that. There was a portion, if you guys remember from last week's episode, where I said that uh, it seemed like Naughty Dog kind of just like, he's like, you know what, like we'll just take it from here. Mm-hmm. Right, I yep. said that Naughty Dog kind of took the project away from the half of Studio Ben that was working on the. It wasn't Studio Ben, right? It was a San Diego studio, right? That wanted to started work. Yeah, which was never a studio, uh, like a secret studio from Sony. It they just didn't have just a name. An outsource. To yeah, me. it was. Well, it was a studio, but it didn't have a name, and it wasn't working on anything. It just it worked as a satellite, like support studio. Yeah. And so the story at the time that when Jason wrote it, it seemed to imply that Naughty Dog took back the project kind of like almost forcefully yeah where it was kind of like okay like you know what like we were hired at first to help you out with this assignment but you know what we'll just take over it completely like forget it like we'll just do it ourselves mm-hmm. and that was kind of the tone i thought like okay like this other studio is being ser- ser- kind of like set up to not fail but to be like like you know what like just let's just let the big boys handle this one like forget it yeah and from now what i understand uh johnny what was i know there's a i I don't remember the source but i know it was like an actual authoritative source that kind of cleared the air about this do you remember where you heard it or you read it no i don't recall the the source i think it was somebody from from sony though right or bend at least or maybe it was naughty dog it was because i heard the same thing I, i believe it was from naughty dog i think i heard the same thing on david jaffe's uh, David Jaffe's a podcast or a show. That's like for those who don't know, he did Jaffe. He's the former uh, director at Sony Santa Monica. He did a. He's responsible for God of War one through Does three. Jaffe sound like super young because that, that might have been him that I was listening to. His voice sounds young, but he's like he's like in his late forties. He's kind of grizzly. Yeah, it might have been him. But he was talking to the former guy who used to be at Studio Bend, mm-hmm. who was responsible for like Siphon Filter, like all the way back then and. He's not with Studio Ben anymore because it was just like uh, culture or the work culture didn't work out or something like that. Anyways, they talk about, I think he's the one who even mentions like, oh yeah, like Naughty Dog was given that assignment because like they had nothing, literally nothing else to do. Like they had kind of idle hands. Uh, Not that they forcefully took it back, but it just made more sense like to give it to them because like they had nothing else to do. original property. Yeah. And so I guess the way it was worded in Jason's article, it sounded kind of more hostile than in reality it really was. So that was kind of um, not very thorough reporting. Well, that changes the entire narrative. 
Change the context, yeah. I mean, do you really trust Jason? Because every time Jason puts out a story, it turns out there's a little bit more context that changes things. I mean, for the most part, his... I'm going to be honest here. I don't like Jason from a personal view because he's just like... He's very thin-skinned. He doesn't take criticism very well. He has like an agenda. Usually does has an agenda of some kind because he doesn't... uh, He has issues with certain studios because of stuff from the past like about reporting kind of... He's made some enemies in the industry from reporting things that got leaked and stuff. Anyways, but as a journalist, that's what you do, right? You report leaks and you report stuff that breaks through, like even if people don't want you to. Yeah, but he's putting out things that are kind of clickbaity because the way they describe it now, it's kind of a non-story. Yeah, like, I mean, there's plenty, there's plenty in that article to make up enough story, like without even mentioning that, like with the whole thing about like Watch Dogs Two. Not, I mean, not Watch Dogs Two. I always get that confused. Um. Uh, days gone to or uh-huh. new, or even just the uncharted remake like there's enough story there to have a good title yeah um it's just kind of he really dropped the ball in that case on this on this spot like in terms of this particular sub topic yeah. and then he i think he came out himself on twitter and he said hey you guys are blowing the story up like, i did see that right? tweet yeah he said something about like people were exaggerating or taking it out of context or like, something no nah, everybody kind of took it the same way yeah yeah like i said he has like a he, he does good work except that he does make a lot of enemies on the way because he's just uh he's it's not enough to just be a journalist he kind of he's like an activist journalist well, so. who was it uh uh Corey Barlog from Santa Monica Studios was saying, like, hey, you yeah. just want to drag us down. Right? I saw that tweet. Yeah. Yeah. He said, like, something about, like, how, like, like that reporting wasn't great or, like, like not to, like, something along the lines where, like, it's saying, like, Jason kind of had, like, a sinister motive. Mm-hmm. I did see that Corey Balrog tweet. I always say Balrog. Barlog. I'm sorry. Barlog. Um, so that was interesting. But what do you mean he has history with those studios that he kind of has an agenda? Uh, he got blacklisted from Ubisoft once because he reported a leak about like the next Assassin's Creed game, whatever. But like okay. as a journalist, like you're kind of supposed to do that. Sort of. You report the stuff that breaks. Mm-hmm. But now in recent years, he's kind of taken a back step to that where now he's like, he's like oh, I'm not going to report on any like news leaks about like games coming out. But like. Now he seems to go for like after he attacks studios for like their like culture or like, hey, I talked to a couple like people anonymously from the studio and they're saying like, you know, like the crunch. Remember we were talking about the whole like uh, a while back. Was it Naughty Dog? Who was it? Who had like that huge like thing about like crunch, like the work life was bad. And that was a Jason like breakthrough. Yeah, I remember that. That was from Jason. Yeah. And that story changed again. And those people were like, hey, like this isn't exactly true. This yeah. Like, yeah. So again multiple people at a studio are not going to all have the exact same experience but it seemed like a lot of people kind of denounced like hey like this is a kind of exaggeration of what's really going on or something like that so um mm-hmm. uh i mean if you're gonna stand in journalism you're probably gonna have to have like some kind of like not gimmick but some kind of like a little flair to your reporting so eh, it is what it is thank you johnny you kind of gave us like two topics on your own that i didn't even plan for so i appreciate that let's see we have enough time for the pitch johnny so it's your turn? Am I... I don't remember, actually. For our listeners who are not familiar with the pitch, the pitch is... Hold up. Hold up. We always take turns. Why don't we just make one together? Let's just do, let's just do a game together. Because oh. it always kind of ends up being... A joint operation. All right. Okay, you choose one. I'll choose the other aspect. Right. For those of you who are not familiar with the pitch, Johnny and I usually uh, take two jars with paper mixed into them. Uh, one jar is theme, so like World War II, colonial, space, underwater. 
The other jar is usually genre for a video game. That is RPG, shooter, driver, racing, sports. In this case, Johnny has, I'm guessing, theme. And I have genre. So, Johnny, I saw you make a face. Yeah, I feel Let's like see we... what we both get, and then we'll decide who has to change theirs if it's not a good fit. So, I have Colonial again. Yeah, gotta pick another one. Right? Okay, we're not going to Colonial, I'm sorry. We just did that one. Not We did that twice, I think, so far. Yeah, we got Africa. We already did that. I... <laughs> I got fighting, a fighting game. This could be good. This could be good. Okay. Did you put the Africa one back in? Well, we already did that one. Okay, okay, okay. I couldn't really... Yeah, the okay. other one? All right, medieval. Oh, snap. Okay, a medieval fighting game. So I can't think of a game to compare this to, which is good. A medieval fighting game. I'm down for this. So wait, okay. Well, you Dark know. Ages Melee. We're going to call it that. That's the title. Dark Ages Melee right now. With the plague floating around so who are fighters, Johnny? I think I might be a better suit for this with my history knowledge. But let's see. Can you think of who are, who are fighters? Who are fight? What's the story here? Medieval and it's a fighting game. Mm -hmm. Is this like what super super mid medieval fighter arcade ultra sigma what exactly edition? Is, what exactly is the year for medieval? So medieval, uh, literally start medieval. The midi part in medieval literally stands for I think middle age. Middle age being like the between the Europe that we know, modern Europe from like the fifteen hundreds onward. Okay. And between the fall of the Roman Empire, so you have about a thousand years right there between five hundred CE and about fourteen hundred CE. So are we talking Inquisition during that time? Inquisition is, I believe, much. No, Inquisition's after. Is it being? I don't know, actually. It helps you figure it out. Uh, the Crusades take place in the medieval age. So that you got uh, Saladin, the the uh, Islamic leader. You have uh, Richard the Lionheart. This is like Robin Hood times. Well, I'm trying to figure out what the, what the stages are. So we get to fight in the church, in the ship. For some reason, I thought of the castle stage from Smash Brothers of Link. Yeah, you could have the the Vatican could be in like in just some barn. The in Vatican could be a showdown. Forest. The Vatican be dope. Yeah, the Pope in the background, like a kind of kind of like okay, like what's going on here? Oh, you get to use the Pope. All right, you fight as Pope a... Urban. Well, who would that be? Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm trying to think of the Pope, the one from Assassin's Creed, because Assassin's Creed. Two takes place like right in the, is it Pope Leo the sixth? Well, you said sixteen hundreds, right? No, the mid. Okay, depending on who you ask, the medieval age is between the fall of the Roman Empire, the Western half at least. Okay. And before like the age of exploration, like Christopher Columbus and stuff. That's like it's right before that. I need numbers. What is that? Oh, uh, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1462. Mm -hmm. 1492. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 1492. So that means at some point we went through uh, Salem Witch Trials. No, Johnny, that's like in the 1600s. That's like 200 years after that. That's like already we're in the Americas. We're already here in New uh, North America. Whatever. We could still have witches. I don't know if there was witches that far back. Maybe there were. I don't know. But oh, they've been around forever. Well, okay. The Greeks did have like people they considered witches. So I guess we could. I guess we can work that in. Witches, werewolves. I want their uh, Da Vinci. Da Vinci's gonna be there. Because he falls right into this time period. Uh -huh. He's like right 
early 1400s, but I'm going to consider that part of it. So Da Vinci's there. His like move sets. He uses like his like tools and stuff. So we have contraptions. Yes. All right. He like probably so he comes in with his helicopter. He, fl- he flies in with like the 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 wing the gliding thing the air the gliding glider. thing. Yeah. All right. Like that's like his like in, in like his stage entrance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's got like a so he's like a painter. He's also like a scientist. He's an architect. He's like a true Renaissance man. He uh he knows how to study the human body and stuff and all that about how the heart. I think it was like the first person oh, to figure out how the heart works. Fatality, dude. <laughs> goes for like, the heart. Just dissects you. Oh, I love it. Other people from this time period. I mean, you have uh, what's the name? I think um, we got a ton of engineers too, so we can add some catapults there. I mean, this is like a broadly about a, a thousand year time period we cover. So there's uh, what's the name? Harold Bluetooth, where we get the name for Bluetooth technology. Never heard of him. He's a Viking uh, from the. I want to say 800s or 900s around there. Okay. So Harold Bluetooth, he's in there. He could be in this. Uh, Bluetooth Bluetooth technology is named after him, actually. So we have Da Vinci. We got Bluetooth. I'm trying to think of other people. We have like Char- Charlemagne we could throw in there. I'm trying to think. This Okay, we have Marco Polo. Genghis Khan? Yeah, Genghis Khan's this period. Really? Yeah, Genghis Khan. Yo, that's a legit enemy. That's a boss battle right there. He's the game's final boss battle. Yeah, boss battle. Genghis Khan. Uh, like I said, Saladin. He's like the head of like the. He's head of the Islamic faction in the Crusades. You have Richard the Lionheart. You have Robin Hood. He, if he was real, we don't know for sure. If he was real, this would be the time period he would operate in. Which is like eleven hundreds, thirteen hundreds around there. Okay, so we got we got bows, right? We have bows in this game for Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what what is he towards the end of the Middle Ages. You already had like really basic take firearms. A, take a sack of money and throw it at your face. Uh, I was gonna say with Nobunaga, but that's after. That's later on. So maybe not Nobunaga. Uh, I'm trying to think of like world leaders or like people from that time. But period. how do they fight? Like how does Genghis Khan fight? Horseback, mainly. I was Spear, gonna say we got swords. horse and carriage, so that could be one of the fatalities. Like, they just trample you in slow-mo. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> that could work. There's something that says that can't work. I'm starting to blank now on people. Oh, what's his name? You're, 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 uh, you're, uh, I don't, for some reason I assume you're a fan of him, but I don't know if it's true. Uh, Machiavelli is from this time period. I don't think I'm a fan of Machiavelli. No? I thought you would be for some reason. No. You're familiar with him, though, right? Yeah. Okay, Machiavelli. Because he's from the same time period as uh, Da Vinci. Um, I think Da Vinci is probably the most interesting one. Marco Polo. What about, what was his name? The guy who was considered the most richest man in the world, that the the African king. What was his name? Do you remember his name? Uh, his name is. His first name and his last name sound very similar to each other. It's like Munsa Mesa or Mensa Munsa Masa. Say it again. Munsa Masa. Munsa. Mansa Musa. There you go. Mansa Musa. Yeah, 1280 to 1337. So he would fit in this period. The Supposedly the richest man in the world at some point. So he fits here. Who else, Johnny? Who else can you have in there? When, when was Solomon from the, of the Great, supposedly, from? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was Solomon the Magnificent. There you go. Solomon we need some, uh, some pharaohs in there. Uh, what oh, did you, you say? What? Pharaohs? Yeah, since we have pharaohs and we're still using magic and werewolves, we could have a pharaoh turn into uh, like a Taurus. Or what is it called? A Sphinx? Yeah, but what's uh, the name? A Sphinx? 
No, but the Sphinx is a statue. Is that the same thing as a as an actual Taurus? Like Taurus? Half, half bull, half man. Oh, the Minotaur. Three. Minotaur, there we go. Yeah. You could transform into a Minotaur. That would be from like the Greek period, I think. It might, actually might be a little too early, but let me check. Uh, the Minus Bull. Okay, mythology. I think that might be a little bit too early, Johnny. We had the problem of being too late, but I think that might be a little too early. I mean, the fact that you mentioned Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey, that that's like way before medieval ages. I'm trying to I'm trying to think about different regions. Yeah, that's the tricky thing is that most of that time period is documented mostly in Europe and Asia. I mean, there's some Africa too, obviously, but uh, nothing from the Americas is really going to be able. To, we won't be able to draw on anything from the Americas for this one. Australia, we don't even at this point doesn't even have recorded history. I think fighting locations we got we got churches. Alexander the Great is too early. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Churches, churches, mosques, open fields, pyramid. a pyramid, sure. Uh, Roman Colosseum, still in use. Okay. Maybe they're not around, but the Colosseums are still in use for plays and stuff. The Pantheon. Yeah, that there there you go too. Yeah. What's the story though? Why are they fighting, Johnny? Why are these people from various parts over the world? That's fighting? why I want to make it uh, mythological. This this is like predating Mortal Kombat type of thing, you know? Okay. The first Mortal Kombat. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Shang Tsung's about uh, the greatest historical figures from the Middle Ages to fight for the Earth's survival. <laughs> well, it's not connected, but it's sort of the same idea. Okay, it's like a tournament of the most famous people from the that era. Yeah. I mean, why else? Yeah. Okay. All right, so who's going to make this game? Did you just give it to NetherRealm? I'd rather NetherRealm than... Capcom. No, nah, Capcom would work, too. Not, I, I don't like how uh, DC's works. Who makes DC? That's NetherRealm. Is it? Injustice and all that? That's NetherRealm. Oh, wow. I didn't know if they made both of those. Yeah, NetherRealm... So NetherRealm is, like... Is, they used to be Midway, but... They're, NetherRealm does the Mortal Kombat and the DC Universe games. This, I'm surprised you didn't realize they're like the same like they mechanics. They don't feel the same, no. Really? To, to me, they don't feel the same. I disagree. They feel no, very close. similar. They're yeah. close, but not identical. Right. The mechanics differ because there's not the same characters. They can't do yeah. fatality. Yeah, yeah, it's slightly different. I guess it has to go. The physics feel the same, though. The physics engine seems the same for both. Like the weightiness of the characters. Yeah. The, light, the light or heaviness, the heftiness, yeah. Yeah, the engines do look pretty close. So another room then? Yeah, yeah. Another I feel room. like they would respect like the historic. Uh... Who makes Tekken? Tekken that, that Namco? is Namco. Yeah, Bandai Namco. All right, just give it to another room, and director. I guess the same guy from another room. Yeah, we well we usually don't talk about director. We usually just talk about the studio and the name, and that's it, really. So, so another realm is making this historical fighting game. Do we settle on a name yet? What is it? Uh, it's fighting in medieval. Okay. The thing is, there's so many great like historical characters, but they're like either before or after this time period. We have we have Harold Blue. I'm sorry, not as Harold Bluetooth from the north from like the Nordic region. He got we got a uh, Genghis Khan representing like Asia, so the Far East. We got like most of the Europe is represented by Charlemagne or like. Somebody of that caliber, right? Mansa Musa we got from Africa. Who was the one I mentioned earlier? It was oh Da Vinci is like Italy. So is uh Machiavelli if we wanted to use him, also Italy. Can't come up with a good name. Something that 
that sounds historical. Yeah, historical. It could be Battle of the Ages. That's okay, but what does it tell you about fighting? Battle. <laughs> okay. Or Age of, Age of the Fist. Age of the Fist. No, that's a little corny. Fist of Ages. Sounds like the toughest part about this game. Just the name. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Dante Alighieri from Dante's Inferno. It was written. It was okay, written during this. He's not a real person, but it's written from Machiavelli. Writes it during this period. How about Fighters Inferno? Fighters Inferno. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of Inferno. I was gonna say King of Fighters, but that's already a game. That's a game series already. The King of Fighters. <laughs> I mean, Dante's Inferno sounds badass. Historic melee. Yeah, and we kind of make Dante the main one of the main characters. He's like the one who's organizing the entire thing. Yeah. Dante's Inferno. Yeah, that's that's dope. Never mind it being the name of a book, but okay. Dante's Inferno it is then, Johnny. Alright. Alright. Let's go with that. We're going with that. So, Nether Realm, reach out to us. Let's make this happen. Alright, so this is towards, this is the last, this is the end here. Uh, Johnny, do you have anything you want to add before I read, I say like the, the final, final thing? That is all I have. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast episode today uh as always if you have any questions statements comments you want to tell johnny he sucks you want to tell him that he doesn't suck you can email us at dualsensepodcast at yahoo.com that is again dualsensepodcast at yahoo.com once again thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time